Hey guys, welcome back to another podcast. Today we're going to be talking about Kingdom Hearts, particularly Kingdom Hearts back cover, and why I think it needs to be a game, one of the next installments in the Kingdom Hearts franchise. So, as you guys know, Kingdom Hearts 3 is already a thing, Kingdom Hearts Remind is already a thing, and the next obvious stage is going to be setting the stage for Kingdom Hearts 4, what's going to happen in Kingdom Hearts 4. But there's been a lot of prequel things coming out over the last, I would say, eh, 10-ish years that are really trying to set up the events that took place before Kingdom Hearts 1 uh, with games like Union Cross and now, you know, obviously Union Cross, uh, Birth by Sleep, but now even more games like Dark Road, which is a very new installment on uh, the app and the, uh, the your mobile phone and um, uh, the event Back Cover, which talks about the Foretellers and the Master of Masters. There's a lot of story in between these different times between Back Cover, Union Cross, and Dark Road. And I think a lot of those things need to have their own games. Now, obviously, Back Cover and Dark Road are their own games, but, or not Back Cover and Dark Road, Dark Road and Union Cross are their own games. But these are mobile app games, and I'm I'm on the fence when it comes to these games. I have played Dark Road a little bit, but not very much of it because I'm just not really into the mobile app aspect. Um, and in large part has to do with Union Cross. Uh, I played Union Cross up until like level 800 and something. And I just felt like it was a very kind of mundane sort of gameplay. It just felt very, very boring, very basic to me. But I played it for the story because I wanted more of the story. And I felt like a lot of the time I was getting cheated out of that because that was what I played the game for. And that was what was being provided to me very, very little. And that like yeah there was a community to it i did go to a union cross event in anaheim uh i think like a year or two ago now it was a while ago but it was and that was a really cool experience but other than that like union cross just really hasn't been in i do like the characters i have nothing against the characters um but i would love to see them on a platform like ps4 ps5 whatever have you and get to really play these characters and really just like you know hear voiceovers see them on that nice unreal engine I'd love to see all of that happen because I feel like the the mobile app games are just cash grabs and I don't think that there's to me there's not enough going on like is there enough story I think so I think it is it's buried underneath a lot of filler content in my in my opinion only in my opinion someone who's played more of the games could probably argue differently that's fine but to me yeah there's a there's enough story to be put into a full-fledged game however um what they could even do is, I mean, this would probably be years down the line, but I was going to say what they could do is they could do Union Cross and uh, Dark Road in the same game and uh, kind of give it to us as like a two for one kind of game on one of the platforms. Or um, if, you know, they don't want to wait that long and we, the fans don't want to wait that long, they could make that cover into a game, which I'm going to get into because that's what this video is about, but or that's what this podcast is about is uh, to make back cover its own full-fledged game and then also have um, Union Cross as its own full-fledged game on a PS4 or whatever. And then you have two games in one when you buy it. I think that'd be a great idea, um, in my personal opinion. That way we're not waiting too long because Dark Road could could be a game uh, going, the, the mobile game could be going on for years and years at this point. We don't know how long it's going to go on. It's, it just came out. So there's potential to do like four or five years of this game, which... I don't want to wait another four or five years for a Union Cross game to be realized on, on like a PS5 or something. I don't. I mean, if I have to, I have to, but I don't, you know, nobody wants to. So I'm also going to be drinking like Gatorade throughout this video. So give me, 
please uh don't don't mind me but um this video is going to be about back cover or keep saying video this podcast i'm so used to doing videos sorry this podcast is going to be about back cover and why i think it needs to have its own game um Kingdom Hearts has a really good history of giving you compelling characters, characters that you like, characters that you really want to get invested in, particularly in their sad titles where you just know something bad is going to happen. Like, I'm not saying that Sora wasn't compelling. Of course he is. But I'm saying there's something about playing a game where you kind of, like, I've seen the other side of the story, so I know that it doesn't end well for you. Um, That makes you kind of gravitate. Either... It gives you the option of either gravitating towards these characters because you know something bad's going to happen to them or completely disconnecting. There's times where I will just completely disconnect from characters when I know something bad's going to happen. For example, Star Wars Rogue One. Obviously, this is going to be a suicide mission for them. I probably can't even say that on here. I'm not sure. But this is not going to end well for them. I'll say that. So me getting attached to them and me, like, of course, you know, but me wanting to see more from them outside of this movie is just kind of, unnecessary right so it's like uh you're gonna serve a purpose you're gonna do a thing you're it's probably not going to succeed but you're gonna try or whatever and i'm here for that and that's it i'm not going to you know oh man hopefully these two characters get together or oh man hopefully she makes it out and she turns out to be someone's mom or somebody important i'm not doing all that for what there's just there's no point in doing all that right like there's no point in setting this character up for anything in the future because we already know what's going to happen. And that's the same case with Kingdom Hearts. Maybe less so for Kingdom Hearts because characters have a way of coming back or being reincarnated or whatever into somebody else. So I guess there is a glimmer of hope for these characters. But for the most part, I kind of go into most things like I don't want like for Kingdom Hearts anyway, I don't want to get attached. However, I do. And that cover is one of those things because it's like you have these five union leaders plus you have... <clears throat> So, okay, you have the Master of Masters, and he has six apprentices. He's got Lushu, who's kind of like sort of his right-hand man, um, who seems to be probably the most like the Master of Masters. He has this weird, uh, he has a mission that sets him apart from the others, we'll say that. And then you have, you know, Ira, Ava, Envy, Ased, and Gula. And all of them are the five uh, union masters, right? They all have their own unions, their own factions. And seem to be significantly closer to each other than, you know, Lushu. They seem to have, like, this sort of common thing uh, about them. They all wear masks, Lushu doesn't, which, again, is another another kind of enticing thing when you're playing these games, is how come these particular characters in Kingdom Hearts don't have, like, they don't show their faces, they just wear masks, like, with the organization, they all wore cloaks, and eventually you get you get to see what they look like underneath. But they weren't wearing masks. In this game, they all of the all the masters, all the five foretellers, they're all wearing masks. So there's this thing about not showing their face that would give them away, and it does make you want to know who each one is, why they have this mask on, what's going on here. Um, obviously, the master of masters, who's their master, is not wearing a mask, and Lushu doesn't have one either. They just wear hoods, so you can't see their faces either, which, again, is enticing in its own way. But you really want to know why these characters are wearing masks. Like, why is this a thing? None of their, you know, none of their disciples are wearing any masks. Nobody underneath them is wearing a mask. So why do they feel the need to wear these things? What do the masks do for them? Um, and then you find out that one of them... It, could possibly be a traitor and it makes you kind of start to watch 
you know, and question each one. And that's why this, like, I watched back cover, honestly, over 20 times, if not way more than that. Like, I, I probably stopped, stopped counting around 20 because I've seen it so many times. Because I, one, it was a good story. And two, I wanted to really kind of narrow it down to who I thought the traitor could have been. But I really saw that I, I don't, in my opinion, I don't think anybody was necessarily a traitor. I think that darkness did what it wanted to with each one of the union leaders and each one played the part they were supposed to play. And I, I think the traitor is, was just the darkness in everyone's heart, I guess, was the insecurity and the fear in everyone's heart. I think everyone was, was a traitor. They, they were a traitor to themselves and each other because I think they gave into the fear. You know what I'm saying? They gave into the fear of there's a traitor among us. Someone's lying to us. They all kind of gave into their own personal darkness. And I think that is what made, if there was a traitor at all, the traitor would be darkness. So I think that's, that was the, the real thing there. But that, I, I really do love each and every one of the union leaders for their own, for my own reasons. I loved, especially Ava, Gula, and Ased, who to me were the three main union leaders in this. I guess you could say Ira was too, but Ira was very to himself. Um, he was so focused, I think, on trying to keep order and balance. I did like him a lot, but he was just very like, I have to be this way. He was the, 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 the leader of all of them. And he, he, there was a lot of suspicion, I think, on him because he kept to himself. Um, and some of the commentary that Ava, when Ava talks about him uh, to some of the others about how he's changed and how different he is, he purposefully sets himself apart to watch the others and, you know, Envy is also used in that too. She is kind of his right-hand woman. She kind of gives me an Aqua vibe a little bit. Not as cool as Aqua, but she does give me an Aqua vibe um, to her. But I don't know, like, I, I think out of all of them, I was the least interested in her character, which is weird because I love Ava. But I wasn't very interested in Envy because Envy just played her part of just kind of kind of spying on the others and reporting back to, to Ira because that was her, I guess, part of her role. But, um... I don't know, like, she was cool, but the, the main three I loved were Ava, Gula, and Ased. I liked Gula because Gula kind of gave me, there, Gula gives off a vibe. There's, he's, he's about, I would say, Sora, Ventus height, um, Rox's height. He's about that height, and so automatically you're kind of being like, I wonder who he looks like underneath that mask. I wonder if he looks like one of them because of the height he is, which would probably then mean Ava would look something like a nominee or a, 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 what's her name, Kyrie or Sean or even uh, Strelitzia, but Strelitzia comes, that's a whole different uh, conversation, but you, you kind of have this idea in your head that these two small ones must look something like these characters because nine times out of 10, that's what, what ends up happening. Um, Plot twist, it's uh, Hainer and Olet. Can you imagine if they were like ancestors of Hainer and Olet? And secretly Hainer, Pent, and Olet are they're all keyblade holders too, gosh. Um, but no, anyway, like, I don't know. I really liked those characters. I liked how Gula was like, I think Gula was just trying to do what was best for Gula. And that's part of his role. Each one had a role that was specific to them. And it did, it did make you question them until you find out what their role is. But even, even after Gula seemed to be the one everybody was looking at 
And then if not Gula, then Ossed. If not Ossed, then Ira. But nobody was really looking at Indy and Ava, which I noticed. I noticed the two girls were the ones that people were looking at the least when it came to the story. It was more of the three boys. One of the three boys must be the traitor, which also for me put suspicion on the girls. Because I was like, why are they only focusing on the boys? Like Gula and, you know, Ossed go at each other. Ossed wants Ira's position. Ira wants Ossed, you know, he's looking for Ossed. And then eventually the boys team up to look for Gula. So there did seem to be a lot of like back and forth between the boys where Ava and Envy were just like, nah, they're, they're not it. Even though Envy doesn't really, like, Envy's kind of straightforward, but there is this sort of vibe that, like, it could be her because there's no suspicion cast on her. And I feel like out of all of them, you're really getting the story through Ava's eyes If any of the, the foretellers. You're getting it through Ava's eyes. And Ava's, like, one of the only ones you get cutscenes where she's not talking to the master of master or anybody involved. She talks to the dandelions, which are the, the kids that she collects in the different unions. You're getting to see her interact with Ephemer. And so there's this thing that sets her apart into where I think the viewers like it can't be Ava because Ava's the most relatable Ava's the one that like she it hurts her to see her friends fighting she's going through something it can't be Ava but there's a that's also what makes me think that it can be Ava and the darkness can move within Ava because she's the one who's suffering the most by watching her friends you know get torn apart by having this huge burden on her, knowing that something bad is going to happen, having to try to figure out where to send and protect her dandelions. There's a lot on Ava's shoulders. And then there is the game Union Cross, which in the game we have uh, Ventus. Uh, I, I don't know if you guys haven't played these games. I'm sorry that I'm spoiling things for you. I don't mean to do that. Spoiler alert. Uh, but you have Ventus. We find out Ventus is... Um, a lot older than he than we thought he was and he takes place he's one of the dandelions one of the the group leaders now there's more to that story that goes even darker and that also brings in the neatest i guess into that story and you kind of get a sense of who benitas is and how truly dark benitas is but anyway there's something that happens an event that happens that changes things in the union cross world and in the, the development of the game and also to me in the story of ventus and Benitas that makes things a lot more sinister and dark but there's a there's a part of the story that happens uh something happens in an event happens in the game and in that event Ava is used in that event in some way shape or form she is used and perhaps manipulated into being a part either an accomplice to something either as um a gateway to something but something dark happens and when you put those pieces together, you can kind of see that maybe Ava, if there was truly one traitor, maybe it was her. And maybe it was the fact that she gave in to her darkness because of the fear of what other people were putting fear into her. Like she mentions in this in this uh, back cover that she's afraid, almost afraid of Ira because of how he was acting so determined to get to Gula because she was protecting Gula. And then you have Gula who needs protection from Ossed because they fought and she was a part of that fight along with Envy. And she's just being torn this way, that and the third, trying to do what the master's asking her to do, but being very conflicted. That, that's how darkness gets in. It gets in with fear, confusion, frustration. And so I can see how darkness could eventually use her as sort of a vessel not saying that's what happened but that seems to be what could have possibly happened and again this would be great to be pulled on a platform in a game setting where you're playing as either a union leader one of the any one of the foretellers you choose 
kind of like how Birth by Sleep was, where you have to place each one to get the story. I would be so down for that. That, you know, give me, but I would also like Gula, or not Gula, Lucia to be a part of that too, where the only one of the foretellers that you don't play as is the Master of Masters. I'd like if you played as the other six, including uh, Lucia, so you can find out what the hell is in that box, but also because you're playing as, you know, him, I think Lucia should count. And I would like a backstory before, so I would want this to work is I want a backstory before back cover showing you all six of them being trained by the master, getting to know each one of the characters, including Lushu, and kind of find out who Lushu is exactly. Like, we, we know who he is at this point in the series because we play Kingdom Hearts or we watch the end of it. But still getting to know who he was before all the stuff happened to him would be really cool, too. You also have to, like, there's... Either give Lucio his own entire game, which would be great to play because he's generation after generation of people. That would be amazing. But I wouldn't mind him being in this game where you play like just a fraction of his story before he gets his own game. That way we already kind of have seen through the eyes of Lucio. Because Lucio could be potentially be one of people's favorite characters of the entire series because of how long he's been in the game and because we've seen him go from potential good guy to just this downright freaking jerk like even at the end of three, i'm not gonna tell you who he is but even at the end of three when he you know does sort of pass on i guess there is this sense of caring about the character even though we know he's been a jerk throughout the series to us there is this moment where we kind of do like sort of care what happens to him and that's to me is enough to be like give him the game <laughs> like if, if out of all characters give him the game because he's seen so much he's seen so much he's been a part of so much and getting to play these games, like getting to play a game as, as this character, where he has these moments we've played throughout the series in Kingdom Hearts 2 and 3, knowing who he is, getting to, and, and Birth by Sleep and stuff, getting to play these games through his eyes, like not, you know, these moments in these games, these big moments for him where he's in these games, getting to play those though through, through his perspective would be actually pretty cool. We get our asses kicked a lot because he loses and everything, but it'd be still, it would still be pretty cool to get the game through his experience plus you get a chance to get into the organization 13 with him and that's cool too you get to see like we would get to see conversations ins and outs that we didn't have before because that's what i wanted from 358 by two days i wanted more you uh, more organization 13 content i wanted to feel more a part of the organization than that game really focuses on it mainly just it mainly just focuses on roxas going on missions I wanted to, to really to feel like I was a part of the organization. And he's a character, Roxas was a character trying to break free of the organization. So this character was a character who was comfortably in it. And I would love to see the inner workings of how that works because obviously this character that that is in the organization that also is part of the foretellers in, in, in Kingdom Hearts 3 of the new organization, this person's been around for a very long time. So they've seen the inner circles and the inner workings and everything. And that's why I think this character deserves his own game, but also why I think that a uni a back cover game should actually happen. Because those who haven't seen back cover or who haven't played Union Cross might get a really good understanding of how rich that story because it is a very rich story. There's a lot going on there. And then you could branch off and again do a Union Cross game where you've now already played back cover as a game. So you know how deep it goes. But then you play Union Cross and that only like furthers the level of emotion and 
and deepness of it. And then you get, like later down the road, you'll get a back cover game, which will do the same thing versus playing them on these mobile apps and only having a back cover movie. Like to me, the movie's great, but I could play a whole game around that. I could totally do that. And then have Union Cross, which is like like a sequel to that. And then having Dark Road, which I guess could potentially be a sequel to that as full-fledged games you can play on a PS5, PS4, whatever, with actual dialogue and with, 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 you know, a lot of what we love about Kingdom Hearts, making it a standard Kingdom Hearts game, those games, standard Kingdom Hearts games, instead of just mobile app games, would be amazing. I think they'd be really cool. And I think there's enough story there where you can make them full-fledged games and they're not, like, considered side games. Because technically, Kingdom Hearts isn't, technically doesn't have any side games. Like, they all are part of the main story. But some of them definitely feel like glorified side games. And I think with, in the mobile app setting, they feel like glorified side games. But I think if you really pushed for that content and you made them rich with character development, with cool fighting styles, with cool different things for the, the Unreal Engine, you could make them feel like full-fledged Kingdom Hearts games, as good possibly as Kingdom Hearts 1 or even 2, which I think is probably the best game in the series um, to most people. That would be great. That'd be really awesome. And yeah, I'm, I'm just excited to see the future of Kingdom Hearts. Is it confusing? Yes. Is it full of plot holes and things? Yes. But I think you could take these moments when you make these full-fledged games and you can fill in a lot of those holes that I think a lot of fans are just desperately trying to fill in. And I mean, who can, I'm desperately trying to fill in myself. It's not just other fans. It's myself included. Like we're all trying to fill in these gaps. And it, it does, I did read a report, I think, where it said like the creator Square Enix were just like, 2021, basically, I guess, from what I read there, like, we're not doing anything Kingdom Hearts related, which is kind of understandable, because we did just get Kingdom Hearts 3 not so long ago, Remind came out, I think, like, a year later, and then now we have this newer game, uh, which is a fun game, I mean, it was, it's a very easy game, very fun game, um, and does something that they're, that they're going to take 2021 to not focus on any new Kingdom Hearts games, except for, obviously, the mobile app games, which I think Union Cross is starting to wrap up now, but Dark Road just started, so, We've got years of that to go, but it'd be really cool if they had already started jumping on Union Cross and trying to get it to a platform. Um, now that they've done what they had to do with it, you know what I mean? That'd be really awesome. And again, giving back cover a much deserved game because I really want to play the foretellers. I like each one of those characters. I felt like they were interesting enough to get a game. And when I saw a charity showing up in Kingdom Hearts 3, dude, I was excited. I was like, yes, like. Finally, we're getting some of that content where Sora's going to interact with characters from the past. When I saw that Keyblade wash up on shore, I'm like, these are things that are important. And like Union Cross is actually getting a lot more interesting. I'm watching a lot of the, the content on YouTube now. And I'm just like, dude, this would be great. I would have loved if that game was interesting enough for me to stick around and, and play all these levels. And I'm sure I'm not the only person who feels that way. I think there's a whole community of people who just refuse to play the mobile app games because they know what they are. And uh, I think Square Enix is kind of shooting themselves in the foot by not developing these as full-fledged games. Because I think Kingdom, it was like Kingdom Hearts X and then Key and then whatever. Like, I want to say Union Cross has been around for a long time, even before the name changed. Like, there were, but I think that was a different part of the story. I, I can't, it, that whole thing is confusing. The, the mobile app games and what they represent, each one being different, being renamed for a reason was really confusing to me. Like, I know that it was more than just a rebranding of the game. I think there's a whole different, there's like a, a sub-universe in there, right? Am I tripping? But I think that, I think there is. I think there's like a sub-universe in that. Like, each game is like sort of a, a, not just a reboot of the other, but it's continuation, actually. So there's a lot going on with that that I think 
if it was put on an actual platform, they could explain a lot easier to fans who just haven't played it or who just think that Union Cross is the first installment of the app game. So there are people who didn't know that Union Cross was another game before it was Union Cross, right? So there's a lot that they could do, I think, to keep fans interested and also to keep making money off this brand. Because um, obviously at the end of the day, that's what it's about, right? It's about making money off this so you can make future games. Um, and I, I would just, I would love to see it. I, again, I would really love to see more from the foretellers. I loved seeing them at the end of Kingdom Hearts 3. I think that really brought it home for me. It was like, yes, cool. I, but I wanted so much more than just that. That conversation did nothing for me. It was cool to see them, but I was like, I need more. I need to know what happened. And I think you could also kind of go into a little bit further to what happens to Ava because we don't know, right? So I'm just like, it'd be kind of cool to see what they could bring to the table with that. And I'm sure someone's probably already thinking of this. I hope so. Um, I hope nobody at Square is just sitting on their thumbs. I'm hoping they're, they're thinking about doing more for this. And I'm hoping a, a game for back cover is is in development because I think it really needs it. I, and I want to see, by the end of that game, I want to see what these characters look like. I think we all do. I've seen tons of fan art over the last couple of years of what people think these characters look like. Some of the fan art is amazing. And I, I can't wait to see it. And I, I wonder if any of them might even look like characters from Dark Road, because now Dark Road is a thing. So who's to say who knows what? But yeah, guys, thank you so much for tuning into this. Um, I can't wait to talk more about Kingdom Hearts in the future. Let me know if you guys want more Kingdom Hearts conversations. Um, I will get into the Lizzie McGuire failed reboot, because I've been having a lot of thoughts of what I wanted to see on that show. And probably talk about some more 90s stuff. I love talking about 90s things. And probably talk to you guys a little bit more about Disney trivia. I know a lot of Disney trivia. Um, so maybe get into that later too. Talk about the Disney theme parks, um, music, uh, a lot of, we can talk about a lot of things on here that I just really want to talk to you guys about actually. Um, and definitely more Kingdom Hearts. I do want to go into some of the games and why I think some are just eh, and while others are just like masterpieces, but I think each game is going to have to get their own conversation probably. Um, I'm not going to touch too much on the mobile app games. I've said what I said about them, which is I think that there's a lot of good story in them, but it's kind of, it's really covered up by all the other crap that's piled on with the, a lot of uh, filler story content, a lot of having to like, you know, play these same mundane, monotonous levels and in the updates, the updates are just terrible. So I just didn't want to pull my hair out for too long. So I stopped around level 800 uh, and something for Union Cross and Dark Road. I have Dark Road and I just, it just feels way too much like Union Cross for me that I'm like, I'm not going to waste my time. There's a lot of just character pausing and having to just kind of, you know, wait for them to say something new. I'm just, I'm not into that, dude. I'm just not into it. So um, I will be keeping up on the story though. And if things do develop enough for me to feel like I can make a whole podcast conversation about it, I will definitely do that. I might even do it on Union Cross because Union Cross does have enough stories so far for me to do that. And with all the new revelations that are going on in the show or going on in, in the game, I can definitely talk about it and give some thoughts of what I think is going on in the game and hopefully give you a different perspective than one that you've already heard. Uh, but yeah, that's it. I'll see you guys in the next one. Until then, uh, Merry Christmas, Happy Holidays. See you soon. Peace.